from quarantine and welcome to Dawson's Critique. I'm Aaron Hensley. And I'm Julia Callahan, and we are two former college roommates and current BFFs who have loved Dawson's Creek since episode one first aired on the WB all those years ago. Join us for this season three recap as we talk about the se- the best season ever and we answer some of our listener questions. We're going to reminisce about our memories of season three <laughs> and <laughs> how we watched it. <laughs> and when we watched it and how many fucking times we've watched it so we did it i remember when you asked me to start this podcast i was like we just have to get through season three (laughs) (laughs) to be clear we We will finish the whole thing but (laughs) yeah (laughs) we can do that and we can do anything you know yeah yeah. we actually did it yeah i know it's amazing Um, um so I want to tell you, Julia, this listener comment we got. Okay. It's from Grania. Uh, and thank you. We have a lot of Irish listeners and my Gaelic is zero. So <laughs> I love when they give me a pronunciation guy. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, so this is from Grania. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said, I love how tolerant you are to... Dawson because I have zero time for white privilege self-absorbed egotistical jealous boy that Dawson is and I think that we focus so much on how much people talk shit on like us, us. being mean to Dawson yeah. <laughs> without focusing on all the people that are like you're so tolerant of him <laughs> we do have people that say that to us and like I I'm trying to focus on like, that's one of my goals for 2021 is like, you know how like it's well known that you more likely to feed on negativity than like Mm. positivity. Mm -hmm, So I'm mm -hmm. like, let's just be acknowledge that and try not to do that. So I like that. I like that goal. (laughs) We're always like, people say we're mean to Dawson and then try to give him space when we probably shouldn't. And like... I think that the place where my space comes from is that he's a teenager. Mm -hmm. Like, I think like I have much less space for Mitch when he's being a fucking piece of shit because I'm like, you're a grown man. Yeah. Get it together, man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally. But like, I, but I hear you too. And that, and like, I think, you know, what's so weird is like not to bring up Donald Trump who I hate bringing up, but one of, for me, the like, the like effects of the Trump era on me have been um, that I just have zero tolerance for like this kind of behavior now. Whereas I think beforehand I used to have some tolerance and like was, you know, was kind of like, well, you know, we, this is the society we live in and like, we're trying to change it, but like, it's not changed yet. And now I'm like, don't give a shit. <laughs> you behave like this and you're out of my life. I'm cutting you out. So you think that this era finally made the complete transition into you being a third wave feminist? Um, I mean, I would have considered myself a third wave feminist for much longer than that, but that I'm much less, I'm much more like, um, militant about it. <laughs> if we're gonna use, if we're gonna use feminist terms, mm-hmm, terms mm-hmm. that get launched at feminists. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would say I'm much more militant about it. I'm much more like, um, yeah, I, I welcome, welcome. <laughs> 
what can I say? Well, what can I say? Um, so I want to ask you, what do you think it's like, like if you can remember, like watching it in 2000 when it aired or mm. in 1999, 2000 versus like us watching it on those VHS tapes in college. Yeah. yeah. Just goofing off, drinking fucking Natty Light or whatever. Natty Ice, Aaron. Natty Ice. Higher alcohol content. Smearing off the raspberry oh. twist. Girl, I still can't even look at that. I know. Oh. <laughs> Versus- Aaron Hensley used to have a bottle of Smirnoff raspberry in our freezer at all times. And Ugh. it was a real problem. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Sorry. Thank you. That's a 20-year apology that I've been waiting on. <laughs> um versus us now like doing a podcast obviously yeah. the experience of watching for a podcast is like completely different it yeah. was something I, I personally didn't anticipate what sure, it sure. like, you know obviously sure. um and like yeah even things that i've from this season which i've seen so many times like yeah. watching it with like uh, an agenda <laughs> has been a completely different experience. Yeah. I mean, I think there's like this part of me, you know, it's so funny. Cause like, I don't, I don't want to like be like, Hey, we just finished season three and I lied to you the whole time. <laughs> but I do think sometimes when I would say my memory from 2000, what I really meant is my memory from 2003. Mm. Um, because like, to be quite honest with you, my memory from 2000 is vague from 1999, 2000 is vague um, because I was less, I mean, just to be quite honest, I think because I was so busy in my life that I was like, okay, I watched it week to week. I mean, I definitely watched it week to week. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't have those like sense memories that I did with season one or season two where like I had less going on. I didn't, by this time season three came around, I had a job, I had a car, um, you know, Your college applications. <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of pressure on me. I was in like, very high, you know, falutin classes. Um, and I think like, and and I when we get into season four, I'll talk about. I have some memories of that because I started watching the show with someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have like these sense memories that are related to that. But in season th- when we, so when we watched it in college. And like would sit on this couch, this ratty ass old couch that <laughs> who knows where that fucking thing came from. Someone's parents' house or something. My parents' house. You yeah. was at your parents' house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I did love that couch. <laughs> um, but uh, but we would sit there and watch it and like have these discussions. And it was when we started having those discussions that I was like, oh, like. I real that's when my feelings towards Pacey and Joey and Pacey's character started to really develop into like, oh my God, this is such a great character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I and think- like that was just to um, let the, the listeners know, like this is when season six is airing too. Mm-hmm. Live. Yeah. It. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, and I also, um, so the way our apartment was set up in college, not to like get too in the weeds on this is that, Aaron and I lived in the same room and we had two roommates who lived in a different room and our rooms were only big enough that one of us could have a desk in yeah. the bedroom. So Aaron Hensley's desk was in our bedroom and then my desk, because I was the only person who could concentrate when the TV was on and when other people were in the room, my desk was in the room with the TV. 
Yeah. So at that point, I started what I would do. And I actually I have this weird thing. I don't know if it's anxiety thing or if it's just because I have a I have a very odd I'm a trained musician. So I have a very odd ear. Um, and uh, I must have noise at mm. all times. Otherwise, I focus on little noises and I have a really hard time concentrating on things. And what I realized was when I put on Dawson's Creek tapes, mm-hmm. I was able to really, really focus right. because I knew what was happening. And Jules, our, our old roommate, Jules, used to laugh at me because her desk was in another um, room. The dining room. Yeah. yeah, it was close to my desk, but in a different room so she could hear me. And I would be like three in the morning, I would be working on a paper and I would be like, what the fuck are you doing, Dawson? Like, just, <laughs> I wasn't even looking at the television. I was writing a paper and uh-huh. I would just like answer what was happening. And so there's this way in which that year for me, that so solidified my love of this show and like how I watched this show and what I turned to this show for. That it's like it was much different than watching it the first time around when I was 15, you know. Interesting, because in a way, that experience is the binging experience. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it would just like I would just pick a tape and put it in and, you know, it would just play and and so and and actually even still not right now, because right now. I have to focus on it when I watch it, but like in, you know, maybe two years ago, it's the show that I most use to focus on things. Right. Cause I don't have to pay attention to it. I know exactly what's happening at all times. Yeah. So, yeah, totally. so it's, that's interesting. And then moving into the podcast, like making this turn to actually paying cl- very, very close attention to it again mm-hmm. in a way that I hadn't. I mean, that's been a really interesting turn I don't know if you feel the same way or like I definitely agree (laughs) I mean season three for me like I've always really liked Pacey I like actually do have really really vivid memories of watching it live yeah um and like for me it was when I like kind of had my first boyfriend like Mm. my first like kitty love you know Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. so like it, it those experiences that like Joey's having and like Jen for to a certain extent and and um Jack as well it 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 like really resonated with me like it felt so current you know Mm -hmm. so I think that's why I have like some pretty strong vivid memories of it Mm -hmm. um yeah and then in college like obviously like our whole lives practically revolved around Dawson's Creek so like that was like a fun (laughs) different experience too because like my friends watched it when I was in high school, but I wasn't really one to like watch it with my friends, yeah. you know, like I would watch it at my parents' house. And like I've said before, I had satellite. So I think we had the East coast feed. So like I, I you could watch it at like 5 PM in, yeah. in, in LA or in yeah. California, you know? So like I could watch it and then like still get, you know, as a break between homework or something like that. So right. it would be like, it was just a different experience. Um, and then like, yeah, watching it with friends was so fun. I felt, you know? Yeah. And then now has been like so fascinating to me because obviously so many of the things I say and that I take away from it are things that I've always felt like, you know, that, um, but then like trying to like layer in these other concepts that like personally, I just feel like we should just be talking about and that we should 
trying to highlight how we can talk about these really intense things just in everyday conversation, you know, <laughs> like we should every day be talking about ending racism, defunding the police sure. and dismantling the patriarchy. So like, why not use this like, you know, stupid t- teen show, you know? <laughs> well, <laughs> like, and it's so white and it's so, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is, it does have like a lot of problems inherent in it that we can really dig into. Yeah, definitely. You know, and uh, yeah, I think that's really interesting because I think like it's similar to me in that way where looking at it now, I mean, like I said about Jack's character in our um, last episode of season three, you know, like he seems so dated to me, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I mean, it's, it's interesting that you say that you, um, you know, you felt so like such a connection because like I felt a connection to Jack mm-hmm. and like, I had a lot of friends that were coming out at that time. Um, and so I was, I was like in this group, it's when I sort of first found queer community and was like, Oh my God, like this is where I belong. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and so having that and and having that um having that character and that representation and really thinking about that i mean you know jack meant a great deal to me um because of that um but yeah i think i think that's really interesting and i think it's really interesting to look now and say like here are the things that are so flawed and dated and actually here are the things and here are the things that i remember being such a big deal and now seem so flawed and dated and like how nice yeah that that's a that's the that's the truth that we've had growth since then and then the things where it's like this still feels flawed and dated and i'm pissed that it does (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) you know totally um yeah, I mean, obviously the Rob situation, the the um, that whole anything Rob's in, I was just mm. like, I like literally cannot even revisit that. <laughs> um, it's hard, but yeah, like for sure, like things that you're just like, ooh, <laughs> I you know, even like I love to be honest, like, and we'll get to it more with our listener questions. Um, I love how everyone loves Jen now. I really I think yeah. it's a universal thing that Jen is like every person who watches Dawson's Creek, I would say, and I'd love to hear email. If you, if you disagree, uh, Dawson's critique at gmail.com. I would say that they, they think Jen is one of their top favorite characters. Absolutely. And that was not true when we were watching it live. Totally. And I just really, I love that. I love that so much. Agreed. You know? Um, yeah, I think that that's like so cool to see how much like, characterization of of women has completely changed yeah yeah you know and I I love that um and like even though I've always loved Jen and I've like I my journey with her has grown and I've loved her even more and more like even during this watch for the podcast I'm like damn I'm so glad she accepted (laughs) me like in a lot of places you know like she obviously has her flaws like all of our characters and like all of us humans so that also makes it more dynamic and fascinating and interesting because it reminds you like you can still be insightful and thoughtful don't be hard on yourself if you like fucking fall in love with Henry (laughs) you know I mean girl listen we've all (laughs) fallen in love with people we should not have (laughs) (laughs) definitely sure Yeah. So, you know, we talk about this off mic a lot, mm. but like when we listen to the the podcast before they come up to kind of 
say whether there's anything we want to cut or anything like that. Um, we're always like, damn, should we re-record? No, we don't say that, but we're like, we wanted to add this and this. Yeah, and like, yeah. you know, when you're listening back, you, um, you have so much you want to add or, or say, or like, you're like, Ooh, I don't think I made myself clear, you know, especially since you and I are such good friends. I think that we like understand each other, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, in a way when we're talking that like, doesn't always come across on the podcast, yeah. like, you know, um, to in, 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 for clarity, um, reasons. And so is there anything that like keeps you up at night that you wish you had like you know, expanded on, clarified from season three, you know? Yeah. Cause I, I'll, I'll start while you, you start, you start for, and let me think about it. Okay. For me, I think about this a lot. I, um, because I love Jen so much and I, I love, I, you know, I really like her character and like, yeah, I think the storyline with her mom and like, I know I kind of got into it in, in the episode, um, guess who's coming to dinner, uh, where she appears it still, I think about it all the time. And because we're going to, um, in season four, we're going to talk a lot about, um, virginity and sexuality, mm. you know, and, um, and the ways in which, uh, that is portrayed and, and just the societal effects of that construct. Mm -hmm. And what we're led to believe about Jen's mom is that she's a slut like her daughter. All we hear that leads us to believe that is she had she gave a kid up for adoption when she was a teenager right don't you think it's really wild and sad that when we hear that that's where our brain jumps I do um I do think it is and I because like I I don't even though it's a season three recap there I should have said there's spoilers I wanted to point this out hmm. doesn't Gretchen get pregnant when she's a teenager like it no i think she's like 21 okay but i mean or 20 maybe um, but i mean I close gonna, that's close enough 19. yeah, yeah maybe know. she's 19 maybe she's 19 but yeah that's yeah. what i mean it's like maybe she's a teenager when she gets pregnant you know mm. and the way that that is seen and handled is completely different of course the storytelling is different but there is this real interesting thing that is placed on adoption and I think it's because it's a, in a way, the concept of adoption is a little bit antiquated. It was the only choice a like you could do if you got pregnant before in a, Roe v. Wade. In a, yeah, in a pre you know 1973 world. <laughs> um, Theoretically, depending, on what, depending Theoretically. on what state you lived in. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and it's so interesting the way that like. And like, I think I've said it before, like, and I said about it in that episode, my mom's adopted. And so I know a lot of the trauma that she has and yeah. I have experienced yeah. secondhand trauma from that. You know, sure. my best friend's mom's adopted. We've had, we had very similar experiences with our moms. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't want to say that's exclusively because our moms are adopted. I'm not trying to say that, but we <laughs> have experienced like, you know, I, I, I'll speak from exclusively myself. Um, trauma I know around my mom being adopted yeah and um and I have some friends who are adopted and you can have this you have this experience with that too and the way that our society handles it is so interesting I think and I I've thought about it a lot like how even like in in 2000 or 99 when I watched that episode how your mind does jump like ooh. yeah, yeah. oh yeah her mom must have like had sexual like trauma or like had a lot of 
you know, sex when she was young too. And I'm like, why did I think that from that simple statement? Well, and I think that's the thing, right? That's the process of, and the work that we do to break down patriarchy, to break down white supremacy, to break down homophobia within ourselves is it's like, you know, coming to those points where you have that discussion with yourself and say, why do I feel this way? And, you know, when you look at a character, um, you know, and I can sort of relate in Jack's case to internalized homophobia of like, when you were, you know, being surrounded by gay people is different than being able to admit to yourself that you're queer. Mm -hmm. That's a different process. Mm-hmm. And being like, oh, I'm so I love my queer friends and, you know, I'm on their team. That's a different process than saying like, no, but I am too. Mm-hmm. And I think like, um, and I think that it's it's similar, you know, it, it's kind of a similar thing, right? Where it's like Helen Lindley. <sighs> What am I trying to say? So like there's a I, there's this this adage that I like kind of come back to over and over again about like the first thought you have is the thing that was like indoctrinated into you. And then the mm-hmm. second thought that you have is the thing you actually think. And that like like so allow yourself that thir- first shitty thought that sometimes comes and then like reframe. And it's like your body you're you're teaching your brain to reframe it. Right. Yeah. And so my thing is like, there's this way in which I feel you because like, I think I thought the same thing about Helen Lindley and like even Jen where like, she's so portrayed as a slut through the whole entirety of at least the first three seasons that we've seen so far and talked about so far. And it's like, but what does that mean? I mean, for you and I, the way we've reframed it and looked at it differently is like, no, this person is the victim of childhood sexual trauma. And so what does that mean when we get to reframe things like that? And, and I think that's really important. That's important work to be doing. No, definitely. And I, I think, you know, in terms of uh, Helen Lindley and like interesting thing about, the ways in which we place blame of pregnancy on women, <laughs> even though no pregnancy happens without a, a male orgasm, you know? So it's like men are always prioritized. Men's uh, pleasure is prioritized more. Mm-hmm. And then women suffer the blame of that pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like, and like to kind of circle back to what I was saying about the antiquatedness of adoption. And I'm not like, I don't, I just mean of like the way in which our brain kind of con, you know, like jumps to these conclusions. Like I adoption, I'm not talking shit on it, but because the world we live in now, I don't think that the patriarchy successfully messaged that if you've had an abortion, you're a slut. I think they really tried to, but like, you know, I've, I've had an abortion Mm -hmm. and like, I've never had that experience of, of that, um, like being equitable, you know, equated with that, you know, I think that there was a real attempt to, but because of the timing in which like we had federal legal abortion was during the women's movement, there was a real, real awesome pushback 
yeah, mm-hmm. messaging about it. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. And I agree with you. And I think, I mean, I think that's a really interesting thing, you know, and I, uh, I agree that my head jumps to two different places when you talk about abortion versus talk about adoption, Yeah, which is kind of shitty. <laughs> I mean, totally. Like, I, I hate they're that. They're both essentially a choice, whereas yeah. your head in abortion jumps to like, a cho- oh, you made that choice and you don't make that assumption with adoption. Yeah. Always. That's not your yeah. first jump. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. I think that's really interesting. That's an interesting thought. Yeah. So I've been thinking about that a lot lately. <laughs> no, I like did that. Did you come up with any? Do you have any? Um, oh, God, I did. And now I've forgotten it because we got into that conversation. <laughs> Fuck. Ah. Um, oh, shit. Okay. You want to go to my second one? Yeah, I do. I'm sorry. Okay. So... Obviously, I think a lot about secrets and lies and the way that the Andy Robb story was portrayed. And I know we get into it pretty heavily, but I and we I'm going to read an email that we got from our listener about this. But I want to just come out and say, in case it wasn't clear, I completely believe Andy. I don't think she was lying. I, I don't. Absolutely. And I know that like one of the arguments that I made or the things that we talked about during that episode was like what the show thinks and feels versus what we think and feel. And Mm -hmm. I do think that that's an important distinction. And I think that Mm -hmm. as someone who watched this show in high school and like really was going along with what the show felt, Mm -hmm. um, I think that and who, you know, as as a 15 year old, a 16 year old didn't have the kind of media sort of I don't know if training is the right word, but the like media literacy that mm-hmm. I have now. Um, and cultural literacy. And cultural literacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great addition. Uh, you know, I think that like there's a way in which I always want to talk about like the show really wanted us to feel this certain way. And like, okay, why I think it's interesting to probe why the show wanted you to feel that certain way. And then I also think it's like, that's bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, I'm just like, I don't need to waste space thinking why they did this. Like, you know, it's like kind of interesting, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. So, like, let me read from, we got this from Tamara. And um, I cut the first part, but she basically said that she's been re watching the show with her husband and he hadn't seen it. And they kind of got into this conversation about like just the the male gaze, the female gaze, and just how they um, see the show. And she had been thinking a lot about secrets and lies. So she had kind of revisited the other podcasts to see what the different perspectives are. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just, well, I'll do it right now. We'll shout out some of the other podcasts. Right. <laughs> Dawson's Black. They're amazing. Yep. They're two black guys that have the black perspective. They're so cool. And so um, sweet. And have been so, so nice. So just... nice. The Dawson dudes are also two dudes. They're from Orange County. So Mm. I really like their vibe. They're really cool. Um, One of them's Asian. So he has this other interesting perspective. And then the, the, um, the other guy is, uh, he's uh, watching it for the first time. So I love when there's someone for the first time. That's really cool. Um, We've got uh, uh, Dawson's Creeps, two queer girls that Mm -hmm. talk about the show. It's really cool. And then, yeah, Dawson's Speak, um, uh, to uh, Asian Americans. They live in LA, I think. So yeah. they have like kind of like a more West Coast slant as well. And Charles really hasn't do. seen it, but 
um, Tracy. Oh, okay. Has. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. So one of them hasn't seen it. So, and yeah. then it's a male and a female seeing yeah. it too. And then there's the Creek End, which is uh, one guy who hasn't seen it and two sisters who have, and okay. they have like a, a real hatred of Dawson. And it's really awesome. <laughs> so, <laughs> so those are the ones I know about. Sorry if we missed you. We'll catch you. We'll yeah. email us, please. Yeah. Dawson's Creek at gmail.com. Um, so this is from tomorrow and she says, um, what I was really curious about was the secret and lies episode in, in her re-listens. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember being uncomfortable with the episode when it first aired, but seeing it again just made me angry inside. I don't know if the writers were trying to let viewers decide for themselves who to believe Andy or Rob, mm-hmm. but from my perspective, it kept feeling like they were trying to get me to feel sympathetic towards Rob as a potentially wrongfully accused man mm-hmm. and exploit a lot of these the excuses that people use to not believe women when they talk about sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Uh, parentheses, she was asking for it. Did she go to the police? How did she ask af- afterwards, mm-hmm. etc.? Mm-hmm. This episode or any media that perpetuates the stereotype that women frequently use false claims of sexual assault for attention as, or as revenge makes me sick because it undermines the whole idea of believing women. And the fact that the show set up Rob as this to be this creep who had already sexually harassed Joey at work on multiple occasions. And they still want you to either believe that Andy made this up or at least question who is telling the truth just angered me from my limited listening. The guy, the podcast with the guys were in agreement that Andy made this up, but we're still quick to point out that this is a monumental disservice to sexual assault victims because it is already so underreported. Hmm. Similarly, the women I listened to also thought the show implied that Joey made it up or overreacted in her retelling or sorry, implied that Andy made it up or overreacted in her retelling of the story, but really focused on the fact that Joey believed her and which I thought was really interesting. Hmm. My thought would be Rob admitted that he went up to the room with Andy and the show never really mentioned the difference in their perspectives. So something could have happened there that made Andy uncomfortable. And I I feel like that's how I felt. I don't, and I want to, I don't know if it became clear in secrets and lies, but like I, they both said they went upstairs. They both said something happened. Andy said she didn't like it. And that was it. You know, she called Joey. She didn't know Pacey was there. Right. The thing that I come back to again and again that you said in that episode, and I honestly have thought about it very frequently since, is the comparison you made. You made a comparison to Kobe Bryant. Um, mm-hmm. And you talked about how Kobe Bryant, um, when he was accused of rape, um, said, you know, I didn't see it that way, but if she did, then I did something wrong. Yeah, and, so he's, let's be clear, Kobe Bryant is a rapist. Yes. But also, he said, you know, if that's how she saw it, then I clearly did something wrong. And I, you know, and, and was very, like, apologetic and was very, um, you know, trying to basically say, like, it matters what she thinks. And I, I, I think about that a lot um, because I think... There is so much of sexual assault that is not complicated. Someone behaves totally horribly. Yep. And there's no comp, there's nothing complicated about it. 
Interestingly, I would say there actually isn't so much about sexual assault that's complicated. There's a small portion of sexual assault that is, isn't complicated. Great. That is a great correction and great note. And I think that like, when you're talking about, you know, what happened with Rob, I 100% think that Rob sexually assaulted Andy. There's no reason why I would think anything else. Yeah. Um, and I, but I mean, the, like I said, the, the, the distinction that I was trying to make and I, I don't know how well I did it. And, and like, you know, the thing about doing a podcast is that we take notes, but like a lot of it is just us talking. Yeah. yeah, Um, And so, and so it's like, it's like I take notes so I know what's happening in the episode and so we can tell you what's going on in the episode and then like we talk about things, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And so uh, if I did not make myself clear in that episode, I do think there's a distinction between what the show was going for and what I actually feel. And um, I think the show was going for that ambiguity and I think that's fucked up that it I was going for agree. that ambiguity. Particularly because it's a show that was watched by major- majority teenage girls, yep, who are having to deal with this sh- fucking shit um, because that's the society we live in, and I hate that that's the society we live in, but we do, and we have all had to deal with that shit at certain at different levels. Yeah, this guy sexually assaulted Andy, sexually harassed Joey, and they both uh, suffered because of it, and he had nothing. He was actually portrayed as like, mm, maybe it's not it's so complicated. Bad. And that's fucking shitty. Yeah, it's really horrible. And so I think like, um, I mean, I, I do think it's interesting that, you know, and I think some, well, I think it's interesting that the guys think a certain way about it and the girls think a different way about it. I mean, that's, I think that's just socialization. Mm hmm. And just like experiential, you know, it's, it's like, yeah, I mean, the reality is I think, like I've said before, I think every man has sexually assaulted someone. And I think probably all women have too. like, so I, I just, and I think because we, it feels so it's like when you call someone a racist, they're like, I'm not racist. And you're like, well, we all are. So like, you know, that because that anger comes it's hard to have you then lean into anger about have, being called something than to uh, be have a clear mind to have a more nuanced concept of it, you know? Well, and, it's- and like, and so I, I think that there's probably a reality where a lot of men have had women say something and they're like, that's not what happened. Like that, what, like, what do you mean? You know? And like, and they're right. Their perspective of what happened it's is different. not that, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that's not what happened. Similarly, just because a woman's perspective is different, that doesn't mean it, that there, I just think that like we try to have this idea that there's only one way thing, like one thing that happened when two people are involved, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, not to get too philosophical on you here, Aaron Hensley, but, um, you know, the nature of truth is a fucking fickle beast. Um, you know, uh, uh, truth is not really a thing, right? Yeah. Like everyone has their own truth. Um, truth is very malleable and, and it's even malleable within oneself, right? There are, there are stories. Um, I I mean, I think about this all the time. A lot of the work that I do in my own, in my therapy is like, 
rewriting stories that I've told myself that I have sort of implanted into myself and said like, Oh, this is my story. And then realizing like, no, that's really actually not your story. And, and having to rewrite it. I mean, it's, you know, that's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And I think, and you know, because also you have to give yourself permission to rewrite it, which is twisted in and of itself. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I mean, I think, um, I think in that episode, I mean, yeah, to be clear, uh, I agree with Aaron. Uh, it is absolutely clear to me that Andy was sexually assaulted. Um, and that the event that happened was very traumatic for her. Um, period. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, period. The end. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Did you remember okay. what you wanted to say? No, I didn't keep going. Okay. <laughs> We're going to have to do another one. <laughs> what was the question again? I can't even remember now. Sorry. Um, is it like, is there anything that you think about that you wish you had made clear that you had said, you know, right, when right, we right. like re-listen to them and we're like, Oh, I should have done that. I, or like when we, you know, sometimes we're like, I could do a whole nother podcast about that episode. <laughs> Say completely I different f- things. It's so funny because it's like, I feel like if you asked me at the, after I edit each episode, I would say, yeah, I have like 70 <laughs> things to talk about. And then I, they go out of my head and I don't remember them. Um, I, I think that a lot of times, Aaron, like you're very articulate and I, um, I feel personally like I'm not as articulate. Um, uh, that's my own shit, um, that I deal with and, um, <laughs> you're too hard on yourself. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not looking for you to compliment me, but like I will and say like, I'm not, but I, that is how I feel like internally. And so there are times when I'm like, oh, Aaron said this thing. And I like wish I had said this because like, I, this is how I, you know, think that I should respond. But also, I think there is something nice about being in the moment. Um, yeah, totally. yeah. So I don't know. I, I mean, sure. If I went back and listened, I think I would have things. I mean, my only thing is like, it's always about, for me, it's always about Jen. It's always about my feelings for Jen. I, I, because I hated Jen so much when I watched the show, the first round, Mm -hmm. um, I really did not like Jen. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, uh, that has changed almost entirely. I mean, I, I do a complete 180 and it's actually hard for me when I have to criticize Jen and every once in a while she does need a criticize, a a criticize. (laughs) A criticism. Whew. I just want to tell everyone we haven't really eaten that much. We've been recording for a while. So excuse me. But um but for me, my the the and and Joey Joey is so complicated to me because like I do feel such a kinship to her, and yet I think she can be such an asshole. I know you I know you like her so much, so I feel like I can't really rail into her the way oh, I want to. <laughs> no, you, of course you fucking can. Come on, Erin. Um, but you also remind me, like, because I just, she wasn't a character. Like, I related to her in the sense that, like, that her teenage experience is a very common one of, like, I like this boy and I don't know. Like, you know, whatever. Like, some of those things you can, anyone, you can totally relate to. Yeah. But, like, of the girls, I'm the least, like, I feel like a least kinship to her, you know? Like, the similarities I have with her are, are there, but they're they're fewer than with the other the other girls. So, I hear that. Please, oh, my God, please rail into Joey. I'm happy to hear it. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I mean, and, and a lot of times she fucking deserves it. But, like, I think that, I think that sometimes I'm too easy on her. 
mm-hmm. I'm not hard enough on her. And I, cause I do think that there are times where she behaves truly atrociously. Yeah. 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 Totally. I mean, she, I think we all lie, you know, but she's so quick to lie and I, <sighs> it's hard, you know, because I, again, like I say all the time, I, I just like, I, I need to feel safe and it, it's hard to feel safe around someone who's quick to lie. Yeah. I mean, girl, look, I think that that proves my point that Joey Potter is a queer character and she <laughs> is lying because she's trying to get out of this fucking small minded shitty ass town without like <laughs> being totally <laughs> <laughs> fucked. <laughs> not, that was not meant to be that queer people lie all the time, but like that when you're that age and you're queer, you're like, I'm going to lie about some shit so that I can get out of here without like kind of unscathed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whatever. Here's my th- yeah. that's my theory. Yeah, yeah totally. Stick to it. Okay, but I hear this, you. I hear you. This is from Steph mm. uh, from Instagram. She leaves the best comments. She's so funny. Um, I love it. Okay. What do you think of the clothes they wore this season? <laughs> I read somewhere that the wardrobe manager got fired after that season, and honestly, oh. they had it coming. Apparently, their costume philosophy was if Pacey isn't wearing an awful printed shirt with clashing cargo shorts Uh. this episode, is this episode even worth airing? Yeah. I get that they're poor kids in a small town, but that doesn't make them colorblind. Steph, I'm going to blow your fucking mind, which (laughs) is that I didn't even notice that about Pacey until I read some of the, like, stuff that other people... And I like, I listened really? to another podcast. I, wait, hang on. Let me say okay, it. Okay. Let me say my whole piece. Cause I, I, is it, is it Dawson's speak? I think that has a like Pacey, what is Pacey wearing or something like that? Like, okay. whole, like, thing uh-huh. about it. And uh-huh. like Aaron and I listened to a lot of these podcasts when we were thinking about doing this to be like, okay, what is like, what does a Dawson's Creek podcast look like? And what might we add to this conversation? Um, Look, I grew up in a beach town and Pacey does not look that much different than most of the guys I went to high school with. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think the representation is pretty spot on because like I've I've said and Julia said, we had a lot of the same clothes as the Mm -hmm. girls, you know, for the boys, to be honest, I remember being like, it's not that like, like the, the, the bagginess. Mm. that that's authentic like that was my experience but I don't think I ever fucking knew anyone in high school who legit wore a sweater vest no (laughs) no no Dawson wears fucking sweater vests and I'm like is this an east coast shit I don't really get like I don't understand what a fucking sweater vest with a t-shirt is that doesn't make any sense to me where do you even buy that you know and then like the bowler shirts that Pacey wears, those were popular, like in pop culture, because there was like kind of a like, you know, swinger, um, you know, like kind of the 40s, Deftones, that like, guy from the Deftones always. Yeah. Wearing, and like, and like yeah. those, you know, like those bands and those things were pretty big in Orange County, but mm, that they're all from partic- Orange County. <laughs> yeah, I know. But that particular style wasn't prevalent in my high school so like people listened to that music but they were more likely to like just wear like say a deftone shirt or like it was just such big surf and skate culture that like it wasn't like that 
Well, my thing is like what Pacey wears a lot of the time. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I could see guys from my high school wearing that shit. And so like, there's a part of me and like, now that I look at it as someone who is like, no longer lives in that small town and does is not in high school and is not in the middle of the nineties. I'm like, okay, yeah, it's hideous. Like I, I'm I'm with you. His outfits are hideous. Yeah. All, a lot of the outfits are hideous. I mean, there's a way in which there's, it's so fun to look at the time capsule that was this like transition from late nineties to aughts. Mm Mm-hmm. And like, and I think we're going to really talk about it. I mean, like prepare yourselves for seasons four, five, and six, because we will be talking a lot about it. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, Joey has so many looks Joey that goes I on a ride. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I guess does. that's a similarity Joey and I have. Yeah. Like I said, I don't have that many, but like her style, it was like my style. Her style in seasons one and two were my style. Yeah, like season four, like yeah. is like was like my high school style. Oh yeah, those shirts that are just like a front and then a string in the back. I mean, Aaron, like I have vivid memories of meeting you for the first time in stuff like that. You know, like yeah. I mean, yeah. definitely. Yeah, that was like my style. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Um, and like I don't know if that was like joey's influence i i I can't remember that or if that like like i mean if joey influenced like the popular culture (laughs) style or if that was just these like a style you know what i mean yeah yeah and i Um, and i agree with you and i think like for me it's like looking at I mean, I I can see why someone might get fired after season three, although I would have some questions about their deal with American Eagle Outfitters, which Mm -hmm. happened in season three, um, because how much of it is like they had to use certain clothes. Um, Honestly, I think. What do I think has the worst? I think season four might have the worst style. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Season six is well, no, but the great coats of Joey Potter is like season six is like the halcyon days of the great coats. of. Joey I Potter. know, but the low ass jeans. I know they're so bad. I don't think a coat can make up for that. <laughs> I mean, fair. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, it's like hard to imagine. Like, I, I believe that what she's saying that she read that somewhere, but like the wardrobe to me is like whatever the makeup, man, Ooh. the hair and makeup. It's a lot. It's a lot. How many pigtails did we see in season three? A lot. Too many. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I also think like, um, yeah, the makeup. Yeah, it's a lot. It's all a lot. Okay. So this (laughs) is from Rachel, but not our Boston correspondent, a different one. (laughs) Not our friend from college, Rachel. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, in life, is there anything better than the end of season three of Dawson's Creek? Not much. (laughs) I mean, listen, not much. There's not much that's better. Um, Like in TV, no way. There's nothing better than this in TV. In life, oh my God, I think just asking this in 2020 when we're like deprived of so much, (laughs) like would I trade Dawson's Creek's season three for the trip to Morocco is supposed to take in April. Mm. <laughs> I would, I, 
you know, yeah, I mean, no, like, girl, I was supposed to take my mother to Italy. I, you know, yeah. I, I hear yeah. you. I hear you. I think that Dawson's Creek season three, particularly the end is such a wonderful piece of television um, that like is under the radar. Like, right. Like people mm-hmm. are like, Oh, season whatever of the wire, like mm-hmm. that's the shit. And you know, it's so funny, Aaron. Um, I had, I was on Twitter the other day and someone, some Gen Zer wrote, wrote like season threes are the worst. Like here's all the, here's all the shows in which season three is the fucking worst. And I was like, I have so the millennial. Ex- you're like, what? Season <laughs> three is known to be the best of every season. I said, I have the exact opposite theory. <laughs> based on all these shows and I was like <laughs> Dawson's Creek number one Gilmore Girls right in it lights like I, I just like went through the yeah. list right of like these the season threes are the best in all of these shows yeah. and Aaron and I have talked about this for fucking years yeah, of like season three whenever you're watching a show when we were like younger and we'd be like season three is coming we don't know what's gonna happen but you know it's gonna it's be gonna good be the best it's gonna be the best and so that's what's so funny is like um you know, for me, season three of Dawson's Creek. And and I think like you can hear it in us that like this is the season that we watch the most. Obviously, I'm sure it's the season that y'all as fans watch the most. Um, I do watch other stuff in within Dis- Dawson's Creek. But like, I don't know if I'm having a sick day. I'm probably going to just watch, you know, from about mm, Cinderella Still story. Kisses. On. Cinderella story on. I'm a stolen kisses on person yeah. myself. I hate AJ. I know, but I'm like a, I'm like a, I want a home, I want home movies. I want weekend in Cape, where well, weekend in the country, in the country, mm-hmm. and then I want like, yeah, Porta Tango. Porta yeah, Tango. And all yeah. the, There's like the, a fear uh, that I'm like. Okay. See, that's what I'm saying. Is like if it was like a, you could just make it a 16 yeah. episode. season it would be so fucking tight you know Mm. um you know what i think we should do a part two okay let's do it okay all right let's do a part two everyone we're gonna end here and we'll pick up with our discussion about season two or season three next week sorry to wait but (laughs) (laughs) so who are you rooting for um in season three, my I'm always rooting for Pacey and Joey. Mm-hmm. I am also always rooting for Jen. Yeah. I don't like Henry, but I'm rooting for Jen. Mm-hmm. I'm always rooting for Jack. And I got to be honest with you, I root for Andy so hard, even though it's hard to do so in season three. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've said it before. Andy's one of my favorites. So I, I, I connect with her I'm a lot like her so I'm always rooting for her um yeah I mean it's season three it's like you you're blinders for Pacey and Joey like you know they're mm-hmm. they're just everything about the season and they're so good and like obviously that's what you know I wrote that essay about in the book in the book yeah 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 you wrote <laughs> a whole like essay when we say season, season three. three what we really mean is Pacey and Joey a hundred percent and I mean I think one of the things I loved about that essay in the book is like um 
It's just that it feels so like this person that has experienced this for 20 years, you know, and, and has certain, I think you have this emotional connection that's 20 years old. And then you also have an emotional connection that has changed and evolved and become right. deeper. Definitely. Yeah. And I think that's really beautiful. Yeah. It's such a good story. Like it's so good. It's done so well, I think. And I so- think that when you can have that relationship with a piece of art, it's like so profound, you know, totally, totally. Yeah. Cool. Well, cool. thanks everyone for listening. Yeah. Uh, we hope you have a good holiday. December is a time you celebrate holidays. Mm. <laughs> Let's uh, Black Lives Matter. Yep. 2020. 20 to end into 2021 too. Let's. Yeah, I know. I'm just so excited that <laughs> we're at this place in 2020 where we're yeah. screaming it. Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Defund the police. I'm glad we're here too. You we've, know, we've done some we're, good work in Los Angeles about this. Yeah, yeah, we're, you know, I've been hating on the police for a while. So <laughs> I'm glad we're all here, too. You know, yeah. that's amazing. That's so cool. Um, so, yeah, stay safe. Wear your mask. The light's at the end of the tunnel, but we're not here yet. Yeah, so we're, the light mask, is there, but we're not hand. at it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so. be, be safe. Be careful. It's so fucking dangerous out there right now. And we know yeah. and we're both like in complete lockdown so yes um so yeah you can find us on instagram and twitter at dawson's critique you can email us dawson's critique at gmail.com um we want to shout our boy Kilia for making our theme song you can find him on instagram at go freaking crazy you can follow my finsta at aaron.hensley you can order our book where i have an essay about season three <laughs> <laughs> I remember everything. Life lessons from Dawson's Creek. Let's we get your books. Yeah, let's shout out uh, this week City Lights Bookstore in uh, San Francisco, California, which is uh, my home base. It's a good one. Mm. And we have merch that I'll get a bitly sometime, but I don't have it yet. We have merch. Link in our Instagram or Twitter bio. Mm. Please like and subscribe, write a review wherever it is you get your podcast. We so appreciate those of you who have. And, and um, uh, thank you if you're going to do that. Um, we would like to thank, as always, Andrew Bush, who in normal times records us. And we cannot fucking wait. I know. I know. <sighs> that light at the end of the tunnel is so nice. Um mm-hmm. Uh, please, you can find me on social media at Pesty1079 on Twitter or Instagram. Rarebird books can be found online at rarebirdlit.com or on social media at rarebirdlit. This has been a Rarebird production. I don't want to wait for my to be over. I want to know right now.